The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, our website, AnnexWealth.com. We always say it, know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Is your advisor a fiduciary? Get it in writing. Annex Wealth Management is a fee-only fiduciary. My name is Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, is here. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Danny. Dave Spano, president. CEO, Annex Wealth Management, good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Uh, what a week, right? 35 years I've been doing this, and I have to tell you, Derek, uh, I don't remember too many weeks that had a rally like we had this week with a 9% move on the NASDAQ and 7% on the S&P, and that is just enormous. We had an incredible uh, week of, of volatility. Uh, the fear gauge, one of the things that we look at a lot to decide how, how nervous or, or complacent uh, investors are, showed its biggest weekly decline in two years, falling almost 32%. I mean, that's typically used as a hedge against an expected drop in stock. So clearly those that were sitting on the on the sidelines or had raised cash into the election uh, switched gears and bought stocks pretty aggressively all week long. And that's exactly what it was. There was $5 trillion sitting on the sideline. And so some of that money from professional asset allocators and from individual investors are starting to step in and saying, what do we really know? So obviously there's a lot of unknown, particularly in Georgia. And the reason why that that is so important is because of the status of the Senate race. I'm sure they're not saying anything that people don't know, but if there is a majority in the Senate, that means gridlock, and the market is celebrating that. That's right. I mean, the, the odds that, that the, the, the Republicans maintain the Senate was thought it was 76% probability that the Democrats would take the Senate before the, the returns started to get calculated, and that essentially puts many of the more extreme proposals that the Biden administration has talked about with regards to taxes on corporations and individuals really in a much more vulnerable position, much harder to pass that sort of major tax legislation when you don't control both houses, both the House and the Senate. Right. And, you know, as an organization that not only manages money, we are a wealth management firm. That means tax planning, estate planning. And in the tax planning realm, we're talking about what we were going to do if, and we said, if there's a blue wave, what does that mean for tax law selling? What does it mean for estate planning? Should you take full advantage of everything that is out there. And right now, that does put that on ice right now. That is a bit concerning for us, but there are certainly a number of things that we do know that we're going to see, and that is stimulus. Even Mitch McConnell said on Friday that they're going to see some type of stimulus plan, maybe even before the end of the year. Yeah, the question is how big. You know, I mean, originally the proposal was a, a trillion eight by the Republicans, 2.2 trillion offered by uh, the Democrats. And then there was talk of a skinny package. But generally speaking, the the economy has had a tremendous rebound since the March-April lows, 33% annualized growth in the third quarter, expectations for more growth in the fourth quarter, but a lot of that really depends on income replacement as a way to get people uh, through the uncertainty of the virus and how long and prolonged these shutdowns or partial shutdowns are. And so what I would say if you're listening to this show right now, we are trying as hard as we can to be dispassionate. And what that means is where do you invest based on the fact and circumstances. And right now, it looks likely that Biden is going to be the president. So that means perhaps in an infrastructure bill 
or a stimulus bill. And if that happens, where do you invest? But there's one thing that we know for sure, and that interest rates will stay low through the next several years. Right. We had a, the FOMC met this week. Not a whole lot of attention paid, given all of the other uh, things that were going on in the background. But Powell, again, reiterated the Fed is prepared to do whatever it takes uh, to stem the tide of the economic weakness that they foresee that could result from the virus as caseloads case continue to mount. And basically, they have said that unless until they see an unemployment rate of 4%, they're going to keep rates on the short end of the yield curve very low. Annex Wealth Management is a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. Dave, this is new. Top 100 Wealth Managers list from RIA Channel. Congratulations yeah, yeah, on thank that. Thank you very That's much. Great. And it really it speaks to what we do as a fee-only fiduciary, Danny. You took away my line. A fee-only fiduciary partner. Uh, we'd love to look your stuff over and help you navigate what's going on now into the future through the recovery. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. You just click that Get Started button. Another thing that you're going to see there is our tax team has put together a stellar 2020 year-end tax planning guide. You can pick that up for free at our website at AnnexWealth.com. Again, know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust. There's more to come. Stick around. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. This is 92.5 Fox News. Many Americans are making changes to their investment and retirement plans because of the pandemic. What about you? You may be waiting for things to return to normal. COVID has many symptoms, but financial paralysis shouldn't be one of them. Get on track with your investment and retirement plan. With Annex Wealth Management, that starts with a portfolio review and an assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. Call or head to AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. Team Tech Trust and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. It's time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. I want to welcome into the studio Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. Hey. Hi, Danny. First question is from Barb. Will I have to give back some of the stimulus check if our income is above $150,000? Yeah, the answer is no. If the stimulus check was based on either 2018 or 2019, so when they came out with that stimulus program, They looked back at if you hadn't yet filed your 2019 tax return, they used 2018. If you had filed 2019, they used that one. And that was the income that they used to determine if you were eligible. Now, if in 2020 your income is over the limit, there is no mechanism in the law to go back and claw back that stimulus money. So short answer is no. What were the stats that I saw? Something like 20% of the people haven't even spent it yet. You're right. It seemed like you know the use of the money was a little more responsible than maybe you expected it to be. You thought it was probably going to be you know extra spending, but a lot of people used it to kind of keep the fiscal house a little bit in order, which is good. Yeah, well, it was for income replacement, and it did just that. And ironically, FICO scores, credit scores, have gone up over the last six months, shockingly. Yeah, people tightened their belts and, you know, paid off some debt. That's what they did. Ask Annex. Next question from William. Which industry groups fare best as interest rates rise? Well, I'm assuming he's talking about treasury rates rising, and, and basically that's a a sign of a very strong economy and and the usual suspects you see a lot of uh, good performance from technology companies particularly electronic equipment communication equipment semiconductors auto stocks tend to do well and consumer finance stocks tend to do well 
On the flip side, when interest rates are rising, you do not want to own utilities. You don't want to own consumer staples. You don't want to own telcos. You basically don't want to own companies that benefit from sluggish growth and or are hurt by higher rates as their dividends look less attractive. Yeah, and of course, we're just talking about equities, and there is a major issue if you are long treasuries as well. Well, if treasury, if interest rates rise, you're going to lose money on your treasuries, right? Because they tend to go in opposite directions. And, and the thing is, the longer the duration of that treasury security, the more you're going to lose, which is why in times of rising interest rates, you really have to look at your fixed income portfolio and go more credit oriented because that strong economy leads to better credit ratings, less default risk, which is why high yield and corporate bonds tend to hold up better than treasuries during a rising rate environment. And just give a quick example. Let's just assume for uh, our example here that 1% treasury rates go to 2%. What would that do to the price of a bond? Well, a 30-year bond would go down about 15 to 18% if interest rates rose 1%. So that, that is from the principle of the bond. Obviously, that will not make up for the 1% addition in interest rates. It's Ask Annex website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for that Ask tab. This next one is from Pat. Yields now sit almost exactly at the end of the year forecast across the curve. Do you expect this to hold? You know, our thesis has been that once the virus uh, is vanquished and we have a vaccine and the economy reaccelerates, and we mentioned earlier moving towards cyclicals, but in a measured fashion, we do expect the long end of the yield curve to see higher rates and the yield curve to steepen. On on the short end, the Fed has suggested that they won't touch short-term rates until we see unemployment get closer to 4%, and we're a long way from there. By the way, unemployment is a long way from there, but it is getting better. In fact, you looked at how many jobs have been added back, and it has been over 11 million jobs added back. Now, a lot of the low-lying fruit has been picked already. What we're seeing now are the industries that obviously haven't reopened. They haven't brought those people back. So to reinforce your point, 4% is a long ways off. And this one is from the text line, no name, gold or silver. Well, that was that also was a Rolling Stone song, too. If you See, <laughs> see it uh, comes back to Mick Jagger again. I do love your musical knowledge. <laughs> right. Right. Go ahead. Tara. Well, my girlfriend prefers gold, gold. obviously, okay. right? Uh, but generally speaking, gold is seen as more of a defensive holding, silver more industrial. So I would tend to think of gold primarily be- if people are using that as kind of a hedge against you know profligate central bank policy but the potential for inflation, political unrest, and the like. We get this question a lot about should I own gold in our portfolio. In an asset allocation, there is a spot for that. Yeah, if you want to hedge currency risk, you know, that's a good spot to be thinking about gold. The hard part about it, I think, is there is no yield. So, you know, it's tough to value gold sometimes. And oftentimes it's moving the wrong direction than what you really thought maybe the thesis was. It can be very speculative. Keep it to a small portion if it's something you want to use in the portfolio. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management in Naples. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Danny. A recent study from the National Bureau of Economic Research and also the DeVere Group shows some millionaire investors regret making certain investment decisions. The first one, Brian, is they rely too heavily on historical returns. Yeah, I think that's a little surprising when we go through some of these studies and surveys. I like to see who's behind it. So I did a little looking into the National Bureau of Economic Research, and this is kind of refreshing. It started in 1920, two leading figures that launched it. One was a businessman from American Telephone and Telegraph, and then a socialist labor organizer professor at Columbia University. So these guys had widely different views on many economic policies. And instead of being binary and always being contrarian to each other, they decided to work together, give the facts to people so they can make choices, which kind of sounds refreshing. 
getting back to the question, 38% of wealthy folks say they lean too heavily on historical returns when they make their decisions. I think that old phrase, past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance, is probably where that comes from. And I think also the problem, probably people think more linear. So when I go through financial plans with clients and our software makes projections, it doesn't know which years are going to be good and bad in the next 5, 10, 15 years. So it makes projections that are linear. And I explain to our clients that this is linear and this is no way possibly going to look this way where it's going to go up 6% this year or 7% or whatever the assumptions are. So I think the fact that it's looking back on historical returns and probably making assumptions that things are too much linear, especially like in a year like 2020, there was nothing linear about it. That's probably why that's a 38% choice of, of a mistake. Another thing that millionaires regret is not diversifying enough. There's legitimate reasons that people come into a concentrated position, like they work for a company and they get bonuses in that company or they're an executive. So to say that you're working for this company and you are fully invested makes sense. But I think the problem might be when they don't diversify and they leave that position 15, 20, 30% of their portfolio, then you're leaving yourself open for problems. So 10% of a portfolio is fine as long as the other 90% is balanced and diversified. I can see how people get in that position and wish they had adjusted. Brian Fiore is Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples, talking about mistakes millionaire investors regret making. And the biggest thing, and we've got skin in this game, is they didn't seek out financial advice. If you knew what you know now 20 years ago, you would have done things differently. So that's the same thing in what we do. And we have people that whose job it is to know things now that you would know in 20 years. So why not ask for the help? And I think people realize that. Annex Wealth Management offers an elite, full-service wealth management experience. It's designed for you. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. Always a pleasure. We'll be right back. Cut this through the clutter the with Axie Show, the weekly newsletter for Annex News. Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. This is a segment about financial planning, because that's what we do. Joining me is Ron Johnson, CFP and Senior Financial Planner at Annex. Jack Hauser is a CFP and Financial Planning Specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Jack. Hi, Danny. After somebody clicks the Get Started button, that starts the process of the portfolio analysis, and that winds up in your guys' world. So, Ron, you guys busy? It's busy in a good way, because Jack and I really enjoy this. Uh, the puzzle of a financial plan is fun to put together. I love the puzzle. In fact, we've got one. You guys came across one recently, Ron. Person's 53, he's got $1.3 million in retirement assets, $150,000 in savings, owns the home outright. And the question was, can they afford to retire now? Ron, where do you start with something like this? Right. And, and really, Danny, you know, it sounds a little hokey, but goals is such an important stepping stone for a financial plan, for a retirement plan, because that's where it all starts. So when you say, how much do I need to retire? That number is going to be different for just about everybody, because it depends on what you want to accomplish, right? And when we think about that, the first thing we think about is, okay, how much are you spending today? How much do you spend this year? Because the ultimate goal is you want to transfer the same lifestyle into retirement. And then on top of that, maybe you want to accomplish other things as well. Do you have a legacy that's important to you? Uh, maybe you need to take care of family members. Perhaps charity is important to you as well. So these are all things that you need to consider 
to establish how much do you need. Are there any other factors that, that, that are in his lifestyle or in his life that you need to know as a planner? Through our conversation, we learned that you know his income uh, is right around one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and he, after saving in taxes, he's spending about eighty thousand dollars a year. He also has a child that he's caring for, and will have to continue to care for him throughout adulthood. And he thought he would need about an additional hundred thousand dollars in today's dollars to do that. In addition, when he retires, he wants to do a little bit of travel. So for the next ten, first ten years in retirement, he's going to spend about ten thousand dollars a year. Jack. You're the math guy. (laughs) Life expectancy, what, 91 years, so he's got 38 years to cover in this plan. 3% inflation, annual return rate 6% on his portfolio. Can you crunch the numbers and come up with a number to meet that primary goal of retiring? Definitely. So when we look at all this, we break it down into a bunch of different cash flows. First, when we look at that 80000 expense number that he's going to have a year, we estimate that he'll need about a little bit over $1.8 million to meet that primary goal. But then when we also look at legacy goals of having $100,000 at death, we estimate that that would be about 34000 in today's dollars that he'd have to set aside to let grow to meet that $100,000 legacy goal at death. And then to meet his travel goals of an extra $10,000 for the first 10 years of retirement, we would estimate that he needs about $85,000 in today's dollars to meet that goal. So overall, we estimate that this individual would need a little bit over $1.9 million to meet all of his retirement goals. And his question was, can I afford to retire now? Now is the key word, so who breaks it to him? <laughs> that maybe now is not the time. Right. You know, it all starts with a conversation of goals, and then you got to look at, well, what can your assets actually do? So it, it it's really not... Uh, breaking the news as much as a conversation about, okay, here's really what we need to do, Danny, to get to where you want to be, right? And in his case, you know, if he works a little longer, two things happen. One, he saves a little more. And two, he's got less years in retirement to cover spending, right? It's almost like you're burning the candle at both ends. So you get there a little quicker, right? Well, he's 53, and from my standpoint, he's younger still, right? (laughs) Yeah, plenty of time. 53 is an awful early age to retire. What other kinds of things, Ron, does he need to consider in that financial plan then? Yeah, and and really what we've built here, Danny, is the retirement plan, which is just simply one component of a financial plan. So once we got the retirement plan in place, there's other things to think about. First of all, we need to defend it. What if the unexpected happens? We need an emergency savings account in place. We need the proper insurance in place for him. And then we also want to think about today. Okay, so if he doesn't retire today, what does he want to accomplish between now and retirement? We want to still consider those items when building the retirement plan. And of course, this is what we do every single day at Annex Wealth Management, and we do it as a fee-only fiduciary with teams built to handle investment and retirement, tax and estate planning. Get to know our financial planning team. They are really good. They help create a path toward your goals. Jack Hauser, CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Danny. Ron Johnson, CFP, senior financial planner. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Danny. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We'll be right back on 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. 
Cut Through the Clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We are back. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. A couple of reminders. Tax Team has put together a really good 2020 year-end tax planning guide. You'll see that. You can download that from our website at AnnexWealth.com. Also, the fourth of our four-part series, What the U.S. Election Means for Investors, that happens Tuesday, 7 o'clock. It'll be up on our website after that, but if you want to catch the first viewing of it, it will be at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, what the U.S. election means for investors. We've done four of these now, actually three. This will be the fourth. I think it's terrific. And again, details at AnnexWealth.com. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, is here, along with Dave Spano, President, CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you, Danny. You know, there's so much uh, that we can that we consume in the amount of media that we see, not only on television and print and online and radio and a lot of it in my opinion is not dispassionate in fact there's some type of message inside of there but Derek you and I spent a lot of time over the last several weeks saying if this happens what would we do there are certainly sectors and places not only domestically but internationally that people can invest in despite the politics oh absolutely I mean one sector that was going to be very negatively impacted by a rise in corporate income taxes was the technology sector. So, you know, once it became clear that the odds of a major tax bill going through next year or in the subsequent couple of years was lessened, the tech sector absolutely exploded. Some semiconductor names making new highs, a company like Qualcomm, which reported a fantastic quarter, up 14% on a, in a single day. So technology certainly is one of the key beneficiaries. And the other way I'd look at it, too, is two sectors that were thought to be potential targets of a Biden administration, namely energy stocks, enter the energy sector and the financial sector, both of those, you know, may not come under as much regulatory scrutiny as perhaps was thought prior to the election. However, they were the ones that performed the worst this past week, you know, in comparison. But what I would say is one thing that we do know is that trade is controlled by the executive branch, doesn't need a Senate and to, to make sure that trade policy changes. So therefore, if trade policy changes, think about, for example, China and our partners in Europe and what that would mean to investing in your portfolio. Yeah, China certainly enjoyed a V recovery economically. The Chinese stock market is at higher levels than it was uh, last February and March, which of course helps emerging markets because essentially China is about 40% of the emerging market benchmark that most uh, overseas managers track. And also the dollar too. I mean, all of this Fed, all of this fiscal stimulus uh, and monetary accommodation does put downward pressure on the dollar. And when the dollar goes down, that's good for U.S. investors who've invested in overseas companies because those companies are denominated in foreign currency and those currencies are rising. And so when you build asset allocations, and right now not any one of the sectors, not growth versus value, not domestic versus international, large cap versus small cap, stand alone as the only place to invest. But when you combine them together inside of a whole bucket, that is how you mitigate your risk and increase your chances of opportunities. That's why asset allocation 
has always worked. I know that sounds like a soundbite for radio, but that's not. This is longtime philosophy at work. Well, what Jim Cramer, who's on that television show, always talks about is diversification is the only free lunch. And essentially what you're getting are better risk-adjusted returns over a cycle. Fixed income provides uh, ballast during the periods of economic volatility and equity market volatility because most of the volatility in a portfolio comes from the equity allocation. And that's one way to, to mitigate it is to own fixed income. And it doesn't necessarily have to be treasury bonds. It can be things like high yield bonds, bank loans, uh, preferred stocks and the rest, which actually look much more attractive in our view than treasuries because they offer much greater yield. And you don't have a risk right now in our view of a major recession, which would be you'd see a heightened default risk. And so right now, Danny, there's no question that asset allocation is important. You should know what you own and why you own it. We provide free portfolio reviews for everyone who listens on a daily basis. We sure do. And the process starts, and I don't even want to say the process because it shouldn't be all-encompassing, but it's just an exchange of information between your house, your family, and us. And that starts when you click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Our financial planning team will look things over. We will get back to you and we'll give you a no-nonsense, unbiased look at what you've got. When we talk about one team, that's investment and there's retirement planning. It's tax planning. It's estate planning. We're not farming that out. You don't have to go to somebody else for that. We talk about one plan. That's a complete plan. That's every aspect of the Annex team. And most importantly, we're talking about one fee because we're a fee-only fiduciary, not trying to sell products. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, and this is 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.